Well, welcome. We're definitely on the home straight now. So four sessions to go. And uh, what we're going to be moving into is, is teaching the programs that I teach in business, but putting a tilt on them for um, if you are a couple in business. Because I believe that the, the bounce-on effect or the knock-on effect that can happen from having um, so much clarity within your business and then coming home to a relationship that perhaps um, isn't flowing as well as it should. And, and generally what I found um, in, in my relationship was that when our relationship was really, really great, there tended to be some, some challenges elsewhere within our life, whether they be, you know, on a social scene or with health or, um, you know, challenges in the business or that type of thing. So when our business was going really well, then it tended to um, have a knock-on effect and, and there'd be time or room for growth within our personal relationship. And um, one of the goals that I had set myself, um, certainly for this year, was to start living with a lot more peace, a lot more inner peace and a lot more external peace. And, uh, and so definitely through teaching this program in business, we got incredible results. But then when I applied it into my personal life, I, I found it absolutely phenomenal. And so PEACE is a bit of an acronym, so we're going to break down each of the letters and we're going to have a look at how it's applied to you within your relationship, uh, within your business, and then um, be able to get a snapshot for this week of how you can kind of round out um, you know, each of the processes that you're doing. And so as we go through the programs in the next four weeks, so we're going to take you through PEACE, bliss, freedom and joy to finish off with. And, uh, and they kind of sum up for me, what are the feelings that I'd like within my relationship? You know, if, if I can just be at peace with myself within my relationship and not carry a lot of guilt, um, have no more anger, not a lot of resentment, a lot more acceptance, um, then obviously that's going to have a huge knock-on effect to my health, to my well-being and to my joy. And so, as we go through these programs, obviously there'll be some areas that, you know, that might come up that you think, yeah, I need to sort of polish in that area or no, I've got that absolutely nailed, no problem at all. Um, and so that's my wish for you is that for over the next four weeks, we really get a foundation that not just for you, but if you have other colleagues in business or, or what have you, that you can see that they're living um, without peace in their life, then perhaps there's some, some clues here to be able to point them into the right direction. So the P for peace stands for present. And um, what I was finding was that my mind was running so far ahead in terms of what my game plan needed to be and what my goals were, that it was very difficult for me to find any kind of real time that I could just sit and be present with what was. And observing that within my relationship as well, it meant that we didn't have a lot of downtime. So, you know, it just seemed to be busy, busy, busy all of the time. And certainly if you've got children, you know, it's a very rare time that you sort of find yourself just being able to sit and relax without looking around. And uh, I heard a, a funny thing the other day that, you know, a woman can walk through a house and the house talks to her. Whereas the men can walk through a house, they don't hear a thing. And that means that you walk through past the bathroom and it says, clean me, clean me, clean the mirror and walk past the washing. And, you know, I need to be ironed, I need to be folded, I need to be sorted and walk through the kitchen. And, you know, oh, we need to go shopping, we need more food, you need to clean the fridge out, you know, the oven needs clean. There's just this endless 
calling out from the house in terms of, um, of jobs that need doing and yet when you ask a man can't you hear that can't you see that that needs doing can't you see that needs picking up no I just don't notice it I just block it out you know so what a gift <laughs> I wish that I had that gift and so you know being present basically means that the path that you're on the only time that you have any power is right now in the present and so for a lot of people um, their paradigm is that if they're in a position of now and they focus where they want to go if they make a decision to the left they'll be happy if they make a decision to the right they'll be unhappy and so let's think about that in context within our relationships you know if I mention uh, the state of the the finances she's going to be unhappy but if I just keep quiet she'll be happy and so we're we're basing what our present discussion or um, focus is on a perceived um, you know pressure point that if we go in one direction we're going to get a result if we go in another direction we're going to get another result that puts a huge amount of pressure on each and every decision now in business it can be the same you know if I invest in this marketing strategy and I get a result I'm going to be happy if I get no result no return on investment I'm going to be broke so the decision pressure point is do I do marketing and so there's too much pressure on there whereas the paradigm that we want you to start thinking about is that your life is a journey and life is a path and in this path you're going to have valleys and you're going to have peaks and all peaks are connected to all valleys there's no massive gap there and so what our goal is is by remaining present we're trying to have life experience and the person the the purpose for having life experience is to be able to decrease any psychological stress that we might have through whatever experience we're having so let's look at that in context if you get a child that comes home from school in you know grade grade three a ten-year-old eight-year-old child and says you know I've been bullied at school we don't get psychological stress when we understand that that's a natural process of peers that's going to happen in that time frame eight to ten at some stage each child is going to have you know that child bully them or, or challenge them or question them because that's the wire brushing they're going to get as a child so it's a very rare parent who flies into an absolute tizzy and, uh, and, and experiences psychological stress to the level that the child would experience psychological stress. Well it's no different if you're in your fourth business and a manager comes to you and um, says you know the, the numbers are down in the restaurant today and it, it's looking like we're not going to be able to you know um, make it through to get to our target and they're very very stressed about that is understanding that there's going to be peaks and troughs within your cash flow within your business and that's why you have buffers that's why you do planning that's why you have variables such as sending team home or um, you know being able to very quickly go lean on your cash flow um, so that you can preserve it as quickly as possible and so being present with what's actually going on is far more important than the end result so when you're setting a goal then the purpose is to be present with what's happening in and around the goal so let's say as a couple you say alright well what we'd like to achieve in the next 90 days is we'd like to invest six thousand dollars 
and uh, we'd like to have um, a two-week holiday and we'd like to recruit a new sales manager. Okay, so they're the goals, you know your action steps, you've delegated what needs to happen. Well then, we set the goal to one side, we obviously have a look at it morning and night, but we go about the action steps and seeing in the present where our power is. If the action steps aren't getting done because somebody in the relationship doesn't like to execute things or they're procrastinating too much, then that can bring up psychological stress for one or both of you. And so what I was finding, it was taking the peace away from our relationship because being more um, dominant in nature, more choleric in my um, behavioural style, is that if something needed to be done, I'd do it right now. So I might have a list of things and I'd say to Kent, okay, so this is your list that needs to be done. And then I would observe him for the next five to ten minutes wondering why he wasn't getting onto that list and doing things that need to get done. In his mechanics, in his mind, was like, right, I've got the list. There's no time frame to that list. I'll get that done when I have time or when it fits into my schedule or when I feel like doing it. It would cause me huge amounts of psychological stress because we couldn't communicate on a level and I just want to go grab the list off him and do all the things on the list. And so you can imagine our working relationship was not very peaceful in the early days. Our communication was very abrupt with each other. And, um, and certainly had I been a manager and he be working for me, there would have been several appraisals that we would have needed to have in that first 90 days to get our expectations clear. But well, of course when you're in a relationship there's all sorts of other um, emotions that are coming through, other um, barriers that block us. And so these can steal peace from the relationship. So I think it's just important to highlight the fact that um, you know we need to get some rules of the game. We need to understand that when we're absolutely present with what is, it's more about how we react and respond within ourselves internally. That's the only way you can lose the peace within your life, is you allow it to be lost. And so what I had to do was start to set up some boundaries to be able to understand that with timelines and deadlines and communication that I had to be more clear within my communication and we had to have better systems. And so that's certainly the first part of becoming present um, <clears throat> to what you're asking people to do and then wondering why I was asking somebody else to do something that clearly I could have done myself. And so um, just getting that clarity for myself of was I disempowering myself, what, what was actually going on. And so that's the P within peace. Um, so the E is how energised we were. So um, when we first started in business we thought well the more money you've got the more happy that you'll be. Obviously that was the goal, build the profit. Then we realised that actually the more money that we had in leverage time frame the more happy we'd be. So we hired you know, some general managers and, and some team and, and started leveraging time a little bit more. And then we realised that in actual fact we had no energy to enjoy the time. So we had lots of time together but we were grumpy and, uh, and therefore we would argue more. So it was far better for us to be separate than it was to be together. Now when I coach a lot of couples this is stuff people don't talk about and so that's why it was a bit like well I want to reveal this stuff is that if you don't have the energy for business or you don't have the energy for a relationship then the result can be the same, it can just be a real drag because there isn't a lot of motivation there or 
inspiration to go on and achieve what it is that perhaps was the vision um, when you first set out. So energy was really important and I think part of being at peace is being energised for the period of time that you need and setting up your boundaries really, really clearly. And so, um, you know, I can be a really, really great mum for about three hours. I can be a really, really great entrepreneur for about three hours. And I can be a really, really great wife for about three hours. <laughs> okay, so for me, I started to understand where my energy levels were at. And I could sense that if I didn't get my three hours with my kids in a day, I got really, really uh, frustrated and um, resentful and a bit bitter towards whatever was stealing me away from that role. If I didn't get to do a little bit of work every single day in peace, then I went into a little bit of overwhelm. So if I didn't get three hours done a day, then the six hours I had to do the following day would send me into a bit of overwhelm simply because you know, life was so busy, business was so busy, decisions had to be made. Um, I found if I didn't have that three hours, you know, quality time in my relationship, and that was with the kids or without the kids, that I started to really question, well, why did we do this process in the first place? You know, if we were spending, because we always spend more than that um, time in a day together anyway, but if we were spending, you know, three hours a day and we were grumpy at each other or we were feeling frustrated or our energies were knocking onto each other and we were getting, you know, fidgety um, and, you know, fighting or, or what have you, then it was draining and it was stealing the peace from our household once again. So it's just understanding that being energised around, you know, what you're doing starts or stems from you. And I didn't have any self-nourishment time that I was booking in there because I wanted time with the kids, I wanted time with Kent and I wanted time working. But when it came down to actually doing something for myself, then that was if I had any time left over. And, uh, and that's really the reverse of what works. And I find that once you get to this level, you start to give each other permission to have a period of time every single day, whether that's an hour or two, where you can really start to um, let that other person do whatever is in their self-nourishment task. So what I did was I just sat down with, a, um, with my gratitude book, the art book that I use, and I just had self-nourishment at the top, and I wrote down all of the activities that top up my energy. Okay, now there was probably about 40 or 50 activities that I could come up with that actually gave me energy, not drained my energy. And it might be going and seeing a movie, reading a book, getting a pedicure, a facial, um, shopping with a friend, um, having a cup of tea with my sister, visiting my mum, <coughs> um, lots of different things would top up my energy. So um, it was just knowing that I had this list of self-nourishment things. So that what what I could do was very quickly and easily assess, well, okay, today it looks like I'm going to have, you know, 40 minutes here or, or 30 minutes here or 20 minutes here, but topping myself up regularly every single day and communicating really clearly um, with Kent that he had his list of things. If he doesn't exercise every single day, he gets really frustrated. So he's up and out, you know, very early in the morning. Um, as a personal trainer now working with clients and, uh, and then can do his workout straight after and then come home 
and once it's done in the day he's completely present with what is and he's really energized with the kids because he's got that energy out for himself so he can then take them for a run around or do whatever and let me have my time and so it's just getting that balance um, and that communication really clear that you're working as a team and you know our business isn't the type of business that's just a standard nine to five operation if yours is that might be a lot more regimented but literally we will sit down on a Sunday night and go through our diary for the following week and we'll schedule in all of our appointments and times and everything gets shuffled from there. So we have a huge list of carers and supporters and, and family and people who help us and so we shuffle those times when you know when we're working and and when we're having playtime. So you know you've got to work out you know for you what works and what doesn't work. The next part of peace is uh, the A stands for abundance and um, what took me a long time to recognize is that Kent actually has a backdrop in his life of abundance and my backdrop was scarcity and I think it got to the point where um, you know I recognized in the the character trait that I have is that I worked and strived very very hard to get him his dream life what I assumed would be his dream life um, when he wasn't joy-filled and excited and energized about that dream life I became quite resentful and angry and it took me quite a long while to snap out of that and recognize that what I'd actually done for him was got him my dream life <laughs> okay so we're in a situation where um, he had um, retired from the workforce we had two children we had um, 40 hours a week of a domestic PA so somebody coming in and and filling in the gaps um, you know cooking cleaning washing ironing nannying all that type of thing um, he was pursuing you know different things that he wanted to do um, but just not satisfied just hadn't found that thing that he really wanted to do so he wasn't necessarily happy or, or joy-filled and uh, this brought up a huge amount of resentment huge amounts of anger and uh, in fact was was one of the most challenging areas for me to recognize that every time I drove away in the car and uh, and he was there waving goodbye and you know Giselle was there and the kids were happy and, and I realized I'm driving away from my dream life what am I doing why am I working um, to support all of these people um, that look their life just looks so easy and I put myself in a really challenging place to ask a much more challenging question and um, and so that was a real turning point to understand that um, you know definitely I hadn't seen an abundance backdrop for myself I hadn't put a plan of action into place as to how I could get myself nourishment and how I could uh, achieve my dream life because I was um, putting expectations on somebody else that clearly were my expectations not their expectations and and by thinking that well if I just get that person out of the workforce they'd be happy well no they're not so if I just get that person <clears throat> you know the support that they need and take the pressure off then they'll be happy no well if I just provide more income then they'll be happy well if I just do this and I just do that and so almost like a smothering of, of love and one of the coaches that I was working with who um, is a chiropractor was basically saying imagine that you arrive at someone's house and you say surprise I've got a present for you it's a 10 meter swimming pool 10 by 10 meters <laughs> and they say well well thank you but you know I don't really 
want a 10 by 10 swimming pool. I don't even have room in the garden to put a 10 by 10 swimming pool. You say, but I bought it for you. It's wonderful. It's everything I've ever wanted. You know, and they go, well, well, it's probably for you then. It's not for me. Well, I had been, um, you know, had so much love and so much wanting to, you know, um, provide um, for Kent and get him to the place where where he could be truly abundant and happy and in actual fact that's one of those jobs that has to be done yourself okay so where where the anger and resentment came from was that all that energy um, I needed to be putting into myself and topping myself up with my own plan and being abundant from the point of view that if I could be do and have whatever it was that I wanted then what did that look like and that was certainly the process that you know I've taken you through last month of when I really started to get that clarity of what were my dreams and my goals and putting them down as if they were like a photo album and so um, having that abundance is also the analogy of turning up you know to the ocean of life with your tiny little um, sand bucket and that's all you're going to permit yourself to be able to take because you're worried that the ocean will run out and then there's someone next to you who's hooked up a big pipeline and they're just pumping the water out of there. What are you like when you start to look at your self-nourishment or your peace within yourself? Do you believe there's enough? Is it possible for you to have it all? Can you have the business? Can you have the relationship? Can you have the dream houses, the trips, the holidays, the everything? Can you switch that on that says I am enough and I can have everything that I want? And for me, that was a huge struggle, like a, yeah, a massive struggle. And, uh, and so realizing the fact that, you know, I didn't have that mindset that everything came easily. Um, whereas for Kent, although he, did, he didn't seem to be striving for a lot, everything came easily. And he wasn't happy with that either. <clears throat> so you can have an abundance mindset and then question the fact of, you know why do things come so easily why do people just give me things why do people just people just throw money at me or give me things you can be resentful or confused if you have an abundance mindset and don't own it um, so we each had our own challenges within that area and it was just um, it was a good learning experience for us to recognize the fact that if we could both stem from a place of abundance that there's always going to be enough and it always works out um, how much stronger we were as we were stepping forward. The C then stands for character. Okay, now we, we touched on a little bit of your roles as a husband and wife. Um, you could literally go through each of the roles and have a think about what are some of the character traits that people um, put on you. Okay, so let's say for example that um, somebody says that you're strong-willed that you're um, uh, persistent and that you're brave or courageous. Well then if you look at that character trait then every character trait has you know the the double-edged sword to it and so you could also be known as stubborn, pig-headed, um, you know like um, stupid, naive, you know someone who's courageous can be um, you know be seen as somebody who is um, spontaneous like a little bit too spontaneous when it comes to leadership and so um, too flexible uh, weak you know lots of different words can come up depending on the character of who you are 
And so what we challenged um, clients to do was actually in the following 90 days to really lift their character to the next level. And what we were looking for was actually an acceptance that when we lifted somebody who was quite, um, you know, perfectionist, that in actual fact they'd probably get the result of their team saying you're absolutely pedantic. Now you imagine as a, as a husband and wife when you look at your character traits and um, you know um, have, I'm less than perfect I must say when it comes to things around the home and, um, and Kent is much more uh, likes things in its, in its place and, um, and done the same way. So he would open up the dishwasher as an example and say, my, my, how creative this is, you know. So everything, the dishes were in the dishwasher but they had to go a certain way in a certain place at a certain time and you know it was just a really it was just a totally different way of looking at the world and so the character trait of being the perfectionist can then be sarcastically ridiculed or made fun of or joked of which is then um, basically telling that person they need to lower their standards when in actual fact when we're more at peace is when we're accepted for who we are and we're able to even amplify that and so use that as the strength or the good in the relationship and allow that person to really step up into that position. And so from a character point of view, you know, being competitive or wanting to win or that type of thing, when given permission, can really create some incredible result. And so, you know, when I was given permission to be able to be even more stubborn and more pig-headed and more volatile and more emotional, you know, then what it allowed was a huge shift in awareness that in actual fact I could now be at peace with myself. You know, I could put things in the dishwasher and never be mentioned. I could uh, leave things, you know, lying around and they would stay there until, you know, that time in the week when everything got put back again. And so there wasn't so much, um, I guess, energy clashing that was happening within our home because we started to accept each other's characters and, and traits for what they were. And once that acceptance started to, you know, um, settle in, we were able to even say, well, I'm going to ramp that up. I'm going to really tackle this challenge and somebody say go for it. So, you know, just getting rid of any of that sarcasm, any of that back chatting, mumbling, talking, um, gossiping, um, anything that has those negative connotations, just removing them from your relationship and from your business. And so when you're working with other couples and you're mingling with other couples and you hear them bagging their partner or sarcastic about their spouse and you just don't comment and you don't say anything, pretty quickly people have you um, pegged as somebody who's pretty strong, pretty confident and in a great relationship. And so the words, there's no words that are needed. You don't need to defend your partner. You don't need to defend other people's partners. You know, you tend to find that the wisest people are the people who talk the least. Okay, so from a character trait, point of view um, you know it's not up to us to add our value every every sentence by putting our two cents worth in is just observing a little more and uh, we certainly found that through observing more we became more peaceful and just not having to comment and so I hope that really helps for you as well the E in peace then is for empowered and the way that I would describe this is that I realized that um, in part of those character traits 
that I had. I, um, I had let go of some areas of my life that were very significantly important. I just hadn't ever justified that they were my responsibility. And so, you know, to give you an example, if you think of Kent, well, in terms of earning the money for the family, that's where I was empowered. He wasn't empowered in that area. So therefore, it was very challenging for him to be able to budget or criticise or ask questions in that area because he was completely disempowered. So the picture I want you to get in your mind is of a steering wheel. And are you behind the steering wheel in that area of your life or you're on the passenger seat? and really somebody else is taking you to a destination whether you like it or not. And that was definitely for Kent around finance. He didn't have any empowerment over that and so it used to cause a lot of unrest within our relationship because that role necessarily wasn't valued as high as it should be. And he would make the comment that, you know, when we um, go out together for the day and we'll pay a babysitter, um, you know, we don't even think twice about that. And yet when he has the kids for the day and he wants to take them to one of those play gyms or you know, take them out to lunch or whatever, he's constantly thinking, oh, that's going to cost money. I need to entertain the kids without spending any money. But if he had the budget of what we'd spend on childcare to actually entertain the kids, he would have no trouble coming up with endless lists of things that would be fun and interactive to do. So it was the money that was the block. So I hope that's a pretty clear... Um, example of what we're talking about. For me it was food. You know, like if, if um, the shopping wasn't done and the food wasn't in the cupboard, and not only that, it had to be recognisable as a snack or something because I didn't have any creativity in my mind. So <laughs> I could look in the cupboard in the fridge and say there's nothing to eat, and uh, any number of people could walk into my house and make five, ten different combinations of meals. Because for me it was not a priority, it's not a value and so I might just eat wheat bix because that's what I feel like. <laughs> so um, it's just something simple and something easy. Um, so the empowerment, I wasn't empowered in terms of feeding myself. If Kent wasn't there to prepare a meal, then I would, he knew he could guarantee he could get home and, um, and he'd say, when did you last eat? And I might not have eaten for four or five hours. And so very frustrating, a lot of pressure on him for the food, very frustrating, a lot of pressure on me to provide the income. And so we used to have those types of discussions that was like, you know, well, if I didn't have to earn all the income, I'd probably be thinking about eating. <laughs> I mean, stupid conversations, I'm sure you have them yourself. So, um, you know, bringing up all of those objections and things are not productive. They're certainly not going to bring peace. And it was a really easy thing to then go, okay, well, you earn the money you want in your week and we'll pay for the childcare and I will start being responsible for feeding myself and looking after myself and I'll become empowered. And it was just a decision. It was just an awareness thing. And so, you know, how often are we stealing peace within our relationship because we just haven't been aware of where it's slipping away and set some some rules of the game or some roles and responsibilities around that. So I hope that's given you some clarity and that this week you can focus on that and, uh, and get a great result. We'll talk again next week. Bye.